it's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab some wine and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girls' night all wrapped up into one. Episode two of season two with one of our favorite guests from season one, Emily Wilson. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for having me back. I'm so delighted to be here. Uh, Emily, we're just woohooing at the same time. We're the woo girls. Like I always remembered in basketball games or football games, the there would always be like woo, like girls saying that. And I would always name them as the woo girls, and that's us now. <laughs> That's us now. I'm happy to be so. You were a cheerleader. Weren't you the woo girls, no matter what? You, I guess you could say that. Emily, did you play sports in high school? I did not. I was in the musicals. I was the furthest okay. from a cheerleader, the furthest. I mean, I'm athletic, but I just didn't yeah. want to wake up at 5 a.m. to do sports practices because they were always before school. And I was like, no way. Gross. I'm not doing that. No. No, no. shot. So, okay. Well, I love to say all the musical kids, like the, the, people in the musical and arts department were so nice in such a tight knit group. And honestly, that's the group of kids that like still hangs out and keeps in contact post high school. I find. I agree. I totally agree. It's a, it's, it's, it's like a, such an unusual thing, musicals and, you know, singing and all those things. You just feel so unusual. And I feel like that just like really brings you even closer together. <laughs> Cause there's a lot of people who are athletes, but uh, musical people are hard to come by. So we just love each other all the more. <laughs> Instant bond. Mm-hmm. Meg, you want to start us off with your heck yes. Okay. There's two. One really simple one is the Tito's strawberry lemonade from Top Golf. It's so good. It's Wait, like a so- spiked strawberry lemonade. Ooh. <laughs> and it's amazing. Okay. Um, Emily, if had- you don't know this, Megan only goes to Top Golf <laughs> to eat. <laughs> to play golf. I've Maybe- actually never been to Top Golf <gasps> in my life. There's not any around where we live. What? I've never been. I see people talk How about it all the time. I'm one? like, oh, I've never been. Oh. How is there one in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and not one in Southern California? There's probably one in Southern California, but you know how big Southern California is. That's true. You I mean, it could be an hour away from where we are. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what Top Golf is. I'm not going to drive an hour to go to Top Golf. <laughs> I mean, you might want it for their Tito's strawberry lemonade. <laughs> Apparently, it's your heck guess. <laughs> um, and then the other heck guess is having family and friends around and like extra hands and help for Carrie because we don't live near any family and so it's just nice having like being around them and then being like I want to hold Carrie I want to see her I want to like I won't fight you please do you're like please hold her yeah (laughs) please please hold my daughter no yeah that's a huge heck yes okay so my heck yes is seeing my boyfriend in his navy dress whites I've never seen him in that you actually in uniform at all um, well, like his formal uniforms. So yeah. that was a really great to see. And we are at a wedding in Florida and there's this thing that they do at Navy weddings called like welcoming the bride into the Navy. Back with the back of their sh- 
So there's a sword arch and they pick Stash to slap her in the butt with the sword (laughs) on the way back. (laughs) There's this photo that I took of her and she's like this. And she's like five double chins, like in the second that he's slapping her saying, welcome to the Navy. (laughs) And it it was just funny. She said she had a bruise. So (laughs) that's really good. (laughs) it's something they do and I was like cracking up that she wanted Stash to do it so it was was just really funny um whenever y'all get married that's gonna happen to you yeah we'll see I don't know who will be welcoming (laughs) wait does Avery have a sword yeah they do it in the marines too okay but we didn't have a we didn't have the whole arch at our wedding so it didn't happen to me but did you get spanked with a sword no, because <laughs> we didn't have the um, we didn't have the sword arch because we didn't have enough of his marine buddies that were able to come. Got so, it. Yeah, I swerved past the spank. <laughs> Swerve the spank. That needs to be the title. Swerve the spank. <laughs> That's not gonna go well for us. Motherhood. Swerve oh. the spank. <laughs> That's a good one. (laughs) Emily, what's a head guess? My sweet mom retired from teaching last week, and I'm so proud of her, and I'm so heck yes about all the years she poured into loving her kids um, at school. She taught them how to praise the Lord through song, and it was amazing to watch. So heck yes for all my mom's years of teaching and loving those students. What did she teach? Because you said songs. Yeah, she she was a music teacher. Yeah, she was a music teacher. She, oh yeah, we're all musicians. So she taught K through eight music um, and she planned all the music for their school masses and all the different kinds of things. And she just, I mean, those kids, they sang, Lord, I need you like you have never heard before. It was like just so, so sweet. They always just gave their whole hearts because my mom gave her a whole heart and it was so cool to watch always. So I'm so proud of her. How many years? 13. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so she she started working when my brother was in seventh grade. Okay. She well, she picked it back up again. We can talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) dive real into that. Well, that actually goes hand in hand with my uh, heck no, um, the singing at mass, but it's not what your mom taught your kids their kids to do. Um, We whenever we travel, we just go to whatever mass fits into the schedule and wherever it's closest to wherever. And we went to this one and when we first walked in, it felt really chattery. And I was like, oh no, like <laughs> this is a little weird because everyone was just talking. Like it was a gathering right before mass. And I was like, that's really loud. And like it was the narthex, but like in the church. Right, right. Like in front of the tabernacle. And I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, and then the church or the mass started and there was drums, which I'm always like, oh no, okay, here we go. <laughs> But they're not like not allowed, right? I don't think. Maybe they're, I don't know. But says the okay. germ, you need to have an organ in order to have any other sort of musical well, instrument. But I, I mean, that's not really okay. Kept. So <laughs> I was like, okay, Meg, you need to stop judging and you just need to be present right now. So I did, and I was better. And then right in between the um, liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist, they played a rap song. They had made a, like the, one of the singers I think had written it himself, 
and it was about God and it was about how God is in everything, but it was like, you're my father, you're my mother, you're the stars in the sky. You're the answer to my prayers. You're this, all this the mother. Stuff. Yeah. You're my mother, which I was like, that's because when I saw you're my mother, I was like, Oh, we're talking about Mary. Cause they just said, you're my father. So I was like, maybe it's a verse about God and then a verse about Mary that I don't know. <laughs> and then it was like all about God. And I was like, wait, uh, hold on. <laughs> but then the fact that it was wrapped too, and the drums are going and they had like the billboard screens basically on each side of the tabernacle with all the words and it was constantly flashing with like google photos of like the stars and the kid and the mother and the father and like all this stuff is going on i'm thinking oh no what if like what so if- you're telling me there was a powerpoint presentation yes. along with the rap song yes it was going at the speed of light because he's rapping so fast you know and people are like swaying and like clapping to it and i'm like this is not like this is where i draw the line right. <laughs> like okay you have drums cool all right whatever but then now you're rapping in the middle of and then again during the eucharist the drums were like going off like it was a concert and i was like all we needed like as he was raising no 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 as you were going up to receive him wow yeah and it just it like you just walked to the beat of that drum megan no we stood stayed right there in the pew we were not gonna go receive communion because i was not focused the whole mass after that like i just was not present at all and there was like an anger in me almost and like a heartache a little bit that I was like I don't know if this is righteous and I have not been focused and I'm not going to go up and receive right now in this state but it was like heartache because I was like what how part of me was like how can a priest let his entire flock like you know what I mean like I was just so like how do you even go to the priest after this and like how do you confront a parish about this? How do you talk to them about reverence? How do you, like, what, what is going on? And we just left. A- Avery was, like, angry, like, could fight someone angry because he was, like, that is just not how you, like, th- especially coming from a non-denominational background where that is oftentimes what the service is like at a big non-denominational church, drums and a concert and stuff. And then he saw that happen right in front of the Eucharist and he was just like this is completely unacceptable set unfortunately it's the bishop's job well I feel like he maybe I I don't know I don't know maybe he doesn't know what's going on I don't know (laughs) it was bad it was really bad and I still I still don't know what to do about it but maybe just nothing but pray I don't know (laughs) I always I've called parish offices more than one time (laughs) I've called many parish offices so (laughs) I don't I know just, if they change it, but just to let them know let that them I, know. See, I see, I see them. Feel like they like looking around, everyone is just swaying and clapping, and like I just know so many people are poorly catechized, and I just know that this doesn't help. This doesn't strengthen our belief in the Eucharist being Christ fully present. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like I don't know, but I'm it's also frustrating. Yeah, I can't control it all, so whatever in speaking of mass so my heck no I was also visiting a church in Florida that's not our whatever but uh old man's phone went off not once but twice and he answered it both times he literally he answered the phone and the second time it went off and answered it he puts it down the wife finally grabs it and turns the silencer I'm like why is why did you answer it (laughs) can i call you back i'm in mass right now that's literally he's like i'll call you back i'm in mass 
<laughs> and then he calls again. He's like, I told you I would call you back. <laughs> gosh, I was at a daily mass once and a woman answered her phone on speaker. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Everyone started looking at her like, what are you doing right now? She literally put it on speaker. Hello. And the person's like talking really loudly. I was like, wow, this is really epic. This is great. <laughs> I feel like everyone has to have a moment like that. It's just, yeah, uh-huh. it happens. There was a time when we were at mass and someone's phone kept going off. We were with our, with our friends and we kept looking around thinking like it, we are in the middle of like people receiving the Eucharist. What is going on right now? And then we come to find out that it's his phone, our friend's phone. And he's just like, Oh my gosh. And he, meanwhile, he's like looking behind him like whose phone's going off. And it's obviously his. Oh my God. Yeah. When you pray for humility. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's the kind of things that happen. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Emily, what's your hug? No. I don't think I have one. Those are, those are tough to compete with. I, um, (laughs) I can't, well, I guess my heck no is sleeping right now. I'm sleeping one hour at a time. So I guess I would say heck no to that, but I say heck yes to serving my son. So it's kind of a, like a blend of yeah. heck yes. Heck yes. I'll love you, my sweet baby. Um, but heck no, I don't love sleeping for an hour at a time. So I have to do something about it. I'm also heck no about that. So I got to get a little more, you know, uh, uh, rigid so I can be a normal person and sleep more than an hour at a time. So it's a little blend in that department. And I see you're holding a coffee. What kind of, how much caffeine is in that? And what kind of coffee is it? But here's the thing though. I gave up iced coffee for Lent. Have you ever had a Lent where you gave up something and you like carried over into your life and you're like, oh, I don't need that anymore. So I gave up iced coffee and then I just stopped drinking it because I was like, I realized like how jittery it was making me and all those things. So now I have a coffee because when you sleep for an hour at a time, you like actually really need it. Um, (laughs) So I'm drinking a caramel macchiato, but like giving up iced coffee has been really a great change in my life. Do you have a Dutch bros out by you? No, unfortunately we don't. I had Dutch bros when I went to Arizona state, but I don't have, we don't have one out here. No Uh, top golf, no Dutch bros. Yeah. You know, Sonic, like you're not in California. I'm really confused. Yeah. Well, we live really close to the beach. So so around us, rent is very, very high. So a lot of people say, eh, Lauren is not going to pay the rent that we need to pay in order to be that close. That's fair. Now you have all the like small shops that have really good salads and stuff. It's true. Yeah. Like here's a $15 smoothie. (laughs) I'm like, "Mm, higher the price, better it is. I'll probably buy it. (laughs) It's true. They make them really good when they're $15. They do. Happiest to having you join us on one hour of sleep, Emily. That's really nice of you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's one hour of sleep at a time. So I get a couple of chunks of one hour and you like patch those together to get through the day. Your brain. (laughs) like, yeah, I technically got seven. (laughs) You weave it together like a beautiful blanket and just keep going. (laughs) That's the way we like to see it. Speaking of balance. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we jump in here to our topic on motherhood and careers with entrepreneurship, um, Megan, Catholic company, Emily, I'm sure you've heard of them. Um, but you want to talk a little bit about that, Meg? Yeah. So one of the things my parents did really well growing up and Emily, you're probably reaching this stage as Zion gets older, but is how to celebrate seasons and holidays 
with your kids from a Catholic perspective. And it's one of the things like Halloween specifically is a touchy topic for people and like how to approach it and where it comes from and all that stuff. And the Catholic company has this book called The Year and Our Children. And it goes over all the celebrations, traditions and seasons and how to celebrate them with your kids from a Catholic perspective. And I was like, I need to hop on that train right now. <laughs> because I, again, like we can be in the world and not of the world. Um, and so I don't want to like, we're not gonna not have an Easter bunny or a Santa Claus or something. Cause people are like, ah, that's not Catholic. But there's also a way that you can teach your kids about the holidays and seasons and let them be a part of it without it being Hallmark or whatnot. Hallmark. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not commercial, uh, commercialized. So you can use the code HECK, H-E-C-K for 15% off. And the link to them is in our show notes. Yeah. And even with that, Emily, you have a book that's out right now. Well, obviously you have many books, but what's your, what's your new book? You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So my new book is called God's brave boy. A lot of women have God's glorious girl. They've gotten it for their daughters and for their goddaughters. So we are releasing a boy's book that is coming out in, uh, let's see next month. Um, we are, so it's pre-order right now, and then they're going to come to us in about a month. And then we're going to start shipping them all out to little boys everywhere. Um, with, uh, my sons, I just had a, like a huge heart for this book and like figuring out what I wanted them to hear and what the Lord wanted them to hear. So I'm really excited about God's brave boy. And Cece and I are going to be affiliates for it. So keep your eyes peeled for a discount code from us on our Instagram pages when it is out, you guys. Yes. Yes. And they, it's, it's, um, who's, uh, what is it called? Publisher. Publisher. Who's publishing it? Sophia. Me. Oh, heck yeah. I published my own children's book. So God's Gorgeous Girls published by me and God's Brave Boys published by me. Cause I just feel like, you know, I just decided to go for it. And that has been a huge blessing in my life. I submitted both of them to a couple of publishers and they didn't want them. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. And it's been a huge success. And I'm so grateful because you can pick all your own illustrations. You don't have Uh to run it past anyone. You do everything that you want. And that is the thing. I had such a specific vision for God's glorious girl and God's brave boy. And I thought this is a blessing because I really want it to be done how I know it needs to be done and how I want it to be done. And so I just did it. That's the beautiful thing about life these days. There's so many different, like, you don't need like big people to do. I I go through publishers for my long form books, but Mm -hmm. you, there's a lot of different ways where if you want to run with something, you run with it and you figure it out and you type it into Google Google. and you just figure it out. YouTube it. I always say just YouTube it. (laughs) And you can just run with some dreams, some vision you have and just do it yourself. And you'll be amazed at what happens. Yes. That's actually exactly what we're going to talk about today anyways about how women just run with things and make it happen, including careers and motherhood together. So, Yes. And, and with that, we were talking a little off air. We are like, yeah. we didn't realize how controversial this topic is and how some people make it so controversial when in my head, it's yeah. so simple. It's so simple. That's, I had no clue until we got on the air and Cece was like, um, so a couple people think women should only stay at house and raise kids and never work. And I was like, what? I didn't know, but that's what my mom did, but that was never something that she taught us or told us, or like, we were never around that atmosphere where you stay at home with the kids and that's all you do. You do not have a career. You do not have work outside of that. And Meg, your mom started working once. Um, how old was your youngest sister? 
Um, I think five, but that was because my youngest sister, my mom was set and ready to homeschool her. And my youngest sister saw all of us going to school and she wanted to go to school. She's super outgoing. She's super extroverted. And there was a good Catholic school in the area. Um, and my family, I guess, was blessed to be able to afford that option if she wanted to do it. And so they're like, okay, if that's what you want to do. And then after that, my parents are young and they can't just sit at home and retire right now. So she was like, well, I'm going to go back and teach for what she went to school for which is like special needs kids so but up until then for what like 17 years all almost all 17 years of my life she worked a little when I was a baby um she was a stay-at-home homeschool military wife mom so (laughs) that's like what I grew up around but I did not know people had such a serious opinion on that Yes. I think that's an important word, Megan, is opinion because there's no dogma about what moms (laughs) and wives can or should be doing. This is so opinion-based. It's so about my walk with the Lord and like what the Lord is speaking into my heart, where he wants my energy to be going. And I learned that from my mom. My mom is a brilliant mathematician. Okay. She worked an amazing job. She did like classified stuff for the government. I mean, she's like a serious lady. And she had my sister. I think she was like 27 when she had my first sister. I'm the second of four. Um, And she was still working. um, And uh, I came along two years after my sister. And she had this experience um, where she really felt in her heart. And I won't share too much detail because it's really for her to tell. But she really felt the Lord say, okay, it's time to stay home now. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and, and really like calling her and asking her to that. And she said an obedient yes to that. And then she decided to stay home with us because that was like her and the Lord together, like her listening to the promptings of the Lord, like going with the movements of the Lord for what was best for her and the children and her vocation and all those different things. So she was a stay at home mom, right. Uh, up until my brother was in seventh grade. And then, like I said, she became a music teacher. And I was, I've always been inspired by that to always be walking with the Lord and listening to him and praying about where he wants me to be putting my energy, my heart, my time, my life, all of that just as a woman, period, right? Just as a single woman out there, like that's what I would do when I was single, but especially as a mom looking at work, looking at, you know, life, um, to always be listening to him. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for my mom's example of that. Um, and my mom reminding me that it is people's opinions about what the choices that she made, um, and the choices that I make. Well, and that's something I found a couple people, Cece and I both put boxes up on our Instagram stories, asking people their thoughts or their questions on motherhood and careers, like coinciding. And a couple moms were saying, I'm, I'm just tired. Do you ever want to just stay at home, bake bread and throw your phone into the trash can? It's <laughs> like, yes, there are days that are tough that make me think that. But I also think there's something to be said for listening to where God wants you to be because you can ebb and flow with it. You can stay at home and just bake bread and raise your kids and that is success. And then you can come back into the work field and also raise your kids and work and that's success. Like whatever is a yes to God is a yes successful. So right. that's, I think people forget that it doesn't have to be one or the other for the rest of your life. Totally. And Mother Teresa said, the Lord doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. Yes. Right? And so faithfulness to that 
calling of God is really important. And I think one thing, another thing that's forgotten in all the opinions is that some people, some moms have to work to support their families. Yes. It is not a question of whether or not they can stay home. And I think that mm-hmm. is so lost when people are like, no, mom shouldn't work. You're like, no, but some moms literally have to work. And I think they're so, I mean, it's when people say, oh no, you know, mom shouldn't work. And those women are just like lost and totally mm-hmm. forgotten. It's really important that we don't forget as we talk about this, that for some people it's not an option. Right. right. And, and it's, that makes, it's, go ahead, Cease. It's, it's funny yeah. because well, number one, no, never have I had a desire to sit down and bake bread, but maybe <laughs> once I pop out a child, that's something that it's, you yeah, know, but part. <laughs> I have my doubts that, <laughs> <laughs> um, but someone had said in the question box, like, Stifling creative genius does not make better mothers. Nobody wants a tired mother who lost her creative spark. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> kind of a hard truth. And I think it's kind of an issue when it becomes an opinion-based thing and we say you either can or you can't. Or like if Cece and I were, to, like if Cece, if you had kids right now, or Emily, you and I, if we were to go on Instagram and say, it's um, women are better servants to their family when they work and raise kids. Because then it's like, well so that's the right way or this is the right way women are especially mothers they feel like we're always looking for answers or inspiration or encouragement and so when we hear that and we take it like that then those who don't work are like well I'm just tired and lazy and uninspired or those that say you can't work the women like us are like well (laughs) wait so am I being selfish with my time then you know what I mean so it, there just needs to be a conversation, which is why we're having it, because it's not one way or the other. There's no one right way to do it. And the word should like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Should I find always leads to shame. So, oh, I should be working. Well, then you feel shame for working because you feel like you should be. So it's that word, like what in your life has that should, because that's where shame is coming from. Guilt is completely different than shame. Guilt, I feel is fleeting. There can be healthy guilt, but shame is, is just destroy self-image. Yeah. Yeah. Preach. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's true. Yeah. And, and even what about, um, I know you said we're not called to be successful. We're called to be, what was it? Faithful. 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 Even with, I was talking with someone, I was like, what would you describe as a successful woman? And she was like, my mother was the most successful woman I know. She was a Catholic stay-at-home mom who raised six, six Catholic adult children who are all still practicing. She's like, she set a goal and she achieved it and therefore she was successful. And I was like, oh, that's such a good perspective, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. success is, I hate the word relative. So many things are like relative. But success is really relative, especially when it comes to motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. It's for, and, and I think too, it goes back to the one way or the other way, like one way being right and one way being wrong. Cause then you just categorize success as one side of the fence and that's it. And there's no, and it's like this woman just raised six adult Catholic kids who are all practicing Catholics, major success because your first goal as a mother is to get your kids to heaven. So yes Mm -hmm. success (laughs) yeah if that's your goal whether you're working or not then you are doing it right no matter what (laughs) that's it absolutely (laughs) and even um I don't know I I would love to talk about balance it's something that oh geez I think (laughs) 
women, we don't have an answer to. It's like, okay, if I'm going to do both, if I do want to have, if I want to be an entrepreneur, work part time, whatever it is. And also I'm a mother. How do I do it? Like who's doing it? Who's doing yeah. it right? Like, I don't know which way, what way it feels. I got a lot of people saying it's very intimidating and I have mm-hmm. to agree. And so what does that even look like? Uh, Emily, you're much more into this than I am. I'm like 10 months into this. Um, and I was telling Cece right before you got on that I think this is going to be a really good conversation for me to listen to as well. Uh, because that was a question I kept getting. And Cece told me once she was like, you can have it all, but you can't do it all. So I think it comes into being able to delegate and prioritize time, but hit us with what's worked for you, Emily. (laughs) When people talk about having it all, the only thing we can have all of is Jesus, right? Right. The only thing I can have all of is Jesus. So the have it all thing, I threw it in the trash a long time ago. (laughs) I'm like, who cares about that? Everybody has a different definition of what it means to have it all. My only, I don't, my, I, I'm not seeking in life to have all of anything except Jesus. So yeah. that's the core and that's the foundation. And that's something that I can't forget. It has ebbed and flowed. Zion, my first son is two and a half. Okay. Um, and I have made a lot of decisions. Um, like in the beginning of his life, I had a lot of speaking events and he and I went together. I brought him. Oh my gosh. We had so much fun. He is the most easygoing baby on planet earth. He was like, and he has so much charisma now because we went all over America together. And there are a lot of people would be like, why, like who would have disagreed with that decision? And that was a decision that I made. Um, but when I'm home, like for the last, all that time, since I stopped traveling because of the pandemic, um, I work during naps and that's what mm-hmm. I have decided is the best thing to do for myself and for my children and a lot of people think like how much can you get done during naps if I like I'm I've learned to be very disciplined if I want to do the things Uh that I love and the thing that I love is writing so my book awaken my heart which I know you guys have talked about I wrote it during my son's naps I was pregnant with one son Zion was like a year and a half and he would take two naps a day and so in the morning nap I had like an hour and a half and I would sit down and I would begin by praying and then I would write and then in the afternoon I would write some more Mm -hmm. and I got my book done that way. And that was the way that made me feel like I'm being super present to my son Mm -hmm. and super present to what makes me feel like I'm alive. And, and, you know, that creative sparks this CC Mm -hmm. that you talked about. Um, And that's during that time was what I found to be helpful right now. I'm sitting in this, uh, uh, interview with you guys, because I have a wonderful nanny who watches the boys for one day a week now. Um, because there was a couple of things that I wanted to get done and this isn't going to be an all the time thing, but Daniel and I discerned together and he's like, Emily, I really think that you would enjoy doing that. It would help you to be a better mom, to be able to like do those things, to just have her for three, four hours a week to get some of those things done. And I have found that to be true. So that's what I'm, that's the spot that I'm in right now. Um, and I've really been enjoying it. And on the weekends, I don't have to think about getting anything done other than being with, you know, Daniel and the boys. And I've really have loved that so far. And so it's constantly changing. And again, it's a constant dialogue between me and the Lord, right? Everyone can have a different opinion about what I'm choosing right now. You mentioned that you talked about it with Daniel. And I think that's a huge part too 
is we wouldn't be able to do what we do in motherhood or in our careers without spouses that support us in both of those things and encourage us in both of those things. Because I think some women absolutely feel like their husband doesn't appreciate them at the home or doesn't appreciate what they're doing or the, the chores and things at the house aren't balanced well or anything like that. And so before you start anything else added onto your plate, there's got to be dialogue between you and the Lord and your husband. Um, and that's the only way any of that stuff is going to go smoothly or continue to happen because that's what we had to do recently too, is okay. Can we have someone watch Carrie for an hour a day, five days a week, because then her naps are not an hour and a half long like Zion's where they are yeah. 30 minutes. So it is very hard. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah. You can't and, do any. Yeah. No, you sit down and you're like, well, there she, she's up. She's awake. Yep. Okay. Oh, so yeah. then it was turning into a thing where I was working, passing her off to Avery as soon as he got home from work. And then I was working, but then there was no family downtime. And so it was like, okay, how are we going to make this work for, us to spend time and be present because that's a huge part like we want to be present to our kids but we also want to be present to our work and the things that creatively drive us um and our husbands of course so that was something we talked about and now we're going to have an annie for an hour a day five days a week and that's that's going to be the biggest level of balance i've ever hit in my yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the life. beauty of being an entrepreneur is yeah. it allows for flexibility True. it really does and you know, lots of women said in my question box that traditional work didn't work for them and they quit and started their own thing because Mm -hmm. number one, they wanted the flexibility, but number two, there was no paid maternity leave in the U S. (laughs) So I think we forget about that. Yeah. There's so many layers (laughs) to the whole thing. When you start talking about maternity leave and things like that, it's very, very challenging. And then there's moms, great friends of mine who put their children in daycare all day because they're Mm -hmm. teachers, right? So they have to be at school from 7.30 to 4.30. And so they find a daycare that they love, that their child loves. And those people become like family to them. Oh, there's so many moms that I know that that do that because they choose to, or because it's a necessity for their family Mm -hmm. and for their life. Um, And then entrepreneurs as well, like Megan and I, who are able to build our own schedules. And it looks like a thousand different ways. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no one way to do it. And I think also keeping in mind is like the posture of work. It's always rooted in contribution. So like doing what the Lord is calling you to do because no one else can do what he asked you to do. And it's that unique sense of contribution. And it's really beautiful. Um, There was another thing, you know, there's saints in heaven that we're working women like St. Gianna. I'm trying to think of any more, um, even a good Bible verse, Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm. Um, she was like working woman, like had beautiful linens, like had people working for her was a mother. Like it's, it's beautiful Proverbs 31 to check into. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting, kind of looking into this, idea of motherhood and careers is, um, I had mentioned it a few times, but my boyfriend and I have been like looking into the differences of like the human kind of primal brain of men and women and mothers do not work out of the desire to provide for their man. They work out of a passion and it's very different. So it's like oftentimes women work because they like love what they're doing. Yeah. And men don't really, they, they don't have to like specifically love what they're doing because what they love is providing. Yes. 
And that's, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I think, yeah, this is what we were talking about before you got on to Emily um, and before we started recording was that there's no desire from Cece and I and Emily, you could probably agree with this, to be the breadwinner. We don't like that's not the desire. The desire is to use the gifts and talents and wait things that God has instilled in us to serve him and then in turn serve our family. And they make us more of our whole selves by like pouring into those different things that he's given us to do. Um, but it's not because unless for necessity, of course, but there's no desire to be the breadwinner whatsoever. I know that if I needed to stop work tomorrow because I felt like that's what God was calling me to, Avery would support me in that and pick up the slack where he needed to, to make that happen because that is his role and his desire. And he knows that inherently, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, I mean, Emily, you, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. That's fine. Yeah. So our brains haven't developed for over 10,000 years. And so like around like 12,000, 15,000 years was like when, um, hunter and gathering started. And so we literally have the same brain from when that was around. And so to like reject primal tendencies is like rejecting human nature. Um, and you know, women have this desire to nest and, you know, to have a man whom you can depend on. And that's just a natural tendency. And like when you're married with kids, work takes on a completely different feel than it did pre-kid kid. And you know, what maybe one time meant felt like empowerment now feels like someone strangling you. Like it could just be completely <laughs> different. And, but, but I think the sad thing is, is that no one told women that this would happen. Like, I think a lot of the times it's like parents, teachers, like the culture, it, it tells you that like work is going to satisfy you and that it should, and that it will, mm-hmm. and that it should come first in your life. Yeah. And that's just a lie. It, it yeah. really just is. And so I really think that almost all men who marry have a deep desire to take care of their wives and their children and to be the provider and protector. And most of the time when women are working or do work, yes, there are circumstances like Emily mentioned where it's like, they don't have a choice. Like they have to, like, I can't even imagine a single mother. You know what I mean? Um, but it comes out of a passion, not a desire to provide. Yes. Your, your findings and your research into that CC is interesting and I think will benefit a lot of people because it's something that's being thrown in the trash in modern culture is this like the complementarity of masculinity and femininity and how it plays Mm -hmm. out in our everyday lives it's a very important thing to learn and study and I'm so grateful you're sharing about it (laughs) yeah thank you I'm like so obsessed with it what about just the transition from Emily did you have were you an entrepreneur just um since you had children was that always something you were No, I started working for myself in 2013 and my son was born in 2018. So I was at this for five years before Zion was born. So that was challenging for me. One of the most difficult parts of transitioning to motherhood for me was that I didn't have all the time to do whatever I wanted, whenever Mm -hmm. I wanted, period. But back in the day before Zion, I would go to a coffee shop and I would write for like six hours at a time. And it made me feel so full and so connected to Jesus and so alive and, and having to kind of change my life in the way that you do when you become Mm -hmm. a mom was incredibly challenging for me because of that. Um, but you learn to accept it. And 
all of motherhood is a laying down of your life, right? right? It's all of it is a dying to self in every way that God is calling you to. And so I had to learn to die to myself in a new way and step into the new um, changes that had come out of that. And that was admittedly and truly very hard for me. And it was no lack of love for my son. It was just something that I was accustomed to all the time that I had to lay down in service of my son and my family and my husband and everything. Um, So that was real. That was definitely an interesting part of the journey, but now I'm a lot more used to it now, (laughs) but it was, yeah, for five years, having that time and changing that was definitely interesting. Five years is a long time too. Like that's a lot of consistency and routine that you just get into. And I mean, absolutely. Mine was like a, shoot not like maybe a year okay (laughs) like maybe a year and it was still challenging because not I couldn't write for six hours and feel filled up that was not where God was calling me but I would journal all the time um and I would spend all this like personal quiet time with Christ all the time uh and I didn't realize how much of a blessing that was because now (laughs) Avery will pray at night but (laughs) I read my bible (laughs) because I'm like I just there's no there's no time in the day but then what you were saying Emily it's a dying to yourself every single time motherhood kind of shifts what that life looks like with Christ because now it's in the actions and it's in the small moments where you're washing the dishes and you're just like thinking to the Lord like okay am I listening to you am I following you show me where you want me and like make it happen and it's in all those little moments where you're sacrificing the hour and a half nap time that you thought you were going to have to get work done. Cause today it's just like an off day and now they're not going to nap. It's like those moments where you're like, okay, grace, like I need it right now. And it's just really forcing you to practice virtue a lot more than those little journal dates with Christ ever did, but it's good. It's just challenging at first for sure. But again, if you, if, totally. if our work as working moms is something we do out of passion, we'll find a way to make it work to accept our, children and the new vocation that God's called us to and like where we're headed but we'll also find a way to make our passions fit into that because we love them like we do and that's just what we know is supposed to happen in our lives so it's just weird to figure it out and And if you guys had one tip for our audience on motherhood and work it could be very very specific something you learned or something someone told you one tip what would it be that's a really good question um I mean there's so many I could talk about this for like five hours but um I think one of the things that I have found is so important for me I don't um put my work before like my husband and my children but I also don't put my work before the orderliness of my home and what I mean by that is that like I try to do as much work as I can, but I'm like, I'm, I'm a cleaner on the goer now because I like to have an orderly home and I like to have an orderly home, orderly home for myself and my husband and my children. And I just think that's one of the things that I love to give to my husband and my children. My husband works a full-time job. I didn't say that mm-hmm. at the beginning. He comes home at like 6.30 every day. Um, and that has also helped me to have a sense of balance because if I was working in the small, you know, chunks that I do and doing all of this and my home was a disaster, I wouldn't feel good about anything. And so yeah. to, to put that first, to really 
like constantly just clean as I go with the boys, teach Diane how to help me pick up the home and like keep a really neat home has helped me with the whole balance of aspect, balance aspect of everything as well. And I guess that's kind of weird, but I don't know. That's like, I put my home and my family first. Yeah. And that's what I think those that have such a strong opinion about this aren't aware of in regards to people that discern that they're being called to also work. Like it's not overriding their children and their family and their homes and or you just don't know you haven't asked them you know you've just made that is a very good point they just yeah, you only yeah. yeah you you see what someone does and you mm-hmm. see this woman like, like I, i'm sure people see me like publishing all these books and there's there could be people who are like oh she must never pay attention to her children like if she's yeah. writing all those books right. she must like never even look at them when right. if you like someone actually asked me i would say okay here's the way i've structured it right so that you don't make assumptions but you actually like hear how like how i do it right. and that could be right. said for and you megan for any mom like you could right. it's, assume but there's no that's not gonna get you anywhere Right. It's so interesting. Like the assumptions, like we could even assume like, yes, assuming like, oh my gosh, they probably like, you know, they probably are never even parenting their kids. They just outsource their parenting, like whatever it is. Like I hear that all the time. And we make these assumptions of even in our, like, I bet they don't even like me. Like how many times have been like, I just feel like she doesn't like me. It's like, well, did you ask her? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ask her if she didn't like you? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I agree with the, the working in a clean home though, because that orders, that is like a physical way to order and balance your life. And it plays into the way your kids see balance and order. And it is a gift to your husband too. Like it's the same thing I have for Avery. What? Okay. Sorry, I raised my hand. hand. (laughs) There's this thing where women, um, they are not single focused and men are single focused. So it's like, if we're trying to get something (laughs) done, it actually is almost as if things are talking to you, like the dishwasher in a non weird way. It's Mm -hmm. like the dishwasher is saying like, like I'm clean, like (laughs) empty me. And the floor is saying I'm dirty vacuum me. And like these things are actually like talking to you and it's just something that doesn't happen in a man's brain, but in a woman's brain, it's like, no, this is happening nonstop. Like environment is everything for a woman to be productive. Yes. Yep. Totally. And it's also important. I think maybe I made it sound like I'm the only one who cleans and things like that, but my husband and I both put in an effort, you know, to maintain our home and to like serve our family in that way. And I think that's so important. They did a Mythbusters about that, um, CC on multitasking, (laughs) uh, years ago, they did a whole Mythbusters experiment and they put like men and women in this big, crazy thing where they had to do all these things at once. And women took care, like did so many things at one time and men could really only focus on one thing at a time. It was, Mm -hmm. they, they did a scientific experiment of the whole thing. And it was amazing to watch just the way, like you said, the brains, like Mm -hmm. how our brains are wired. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. I think my one thing for my one tip or like word of word of wisdom of 10 months um, being a mom would be um, to not be alone in it, like to include your husband in your thoughts and your confusions and your challenges and things you need help on or places that you just feel like you are being like soaked up dry in and you need his help because for the longest time I felt like it was my issue to solve in regards to how to balance the home, kids, and work. And in reality, if I thought that was my issue, then Avery's only issue is his work. And that's it. There's He doesn't have a role in anything else unless I invite him into that. 
and share that with him. Um, and it's been a thing that we've had to talk about a lot because I mentioned this last time we recorded a podcast with you two, is that I like to do things and take care of it all myself. And I need to invite him into that to help me. Um, because then once you figure it out and he's aware that like, okay, she needs me for an hour today to just watch Carrie a little bit. Cause I got home from work early and I can, then there's just like a happy dance and everyone's happy and everything's much more balanced amongst the whole home and not just in my own brain. So that would probably be the one thing that saved my butt. <laughs> very, very good wisdom. Very Thank good you. wisdom. <laughs> you have like, don't think you don't have wisdom just because Carrie's 11 months, you know, like <laughs> well, you're not giving like yourself. figuring it out, <laughs> but everyone's figuring it out. True. Totally. Like I said, it's an ebb and flow. I'm still learning every single day. Right. And you may True. have a second child one day and then you have to, you know, restructure, figure, restructure <laughs> and figure it all out again all of life is this learning. All of life is this journey. All of life, especially in marriage and motherhood is just yeah. an ebb and flow and, and, and making decisions with the Lord all along the way. I do just want to add for all of the women listening, like I said, it's so important to like reiterate opinions that's like mm -hmm. everybody comes from a different background when it comes to looking at their mother and her work right there's going to be women who listen to this whose mom was a single mother who had to work three jobs in order to take care of her family mm -hmm. and there are women who raised those six kids right who are still in the faith and all those things and so there's so many emotions and complexities that come along with this and i want everybody to know like our heart behind this is that we want to yeah. encourage women and support women in wherever they are wherever they have come from uplifting women to really take a faithful response of yes to the Lord is where our heart is in talking about this. Right. And I just want to reiterate that for every woman listening, every, like every family dynamic that she's come from. We need you to end like all of our podcasts or something like that. <laughs> People have yeah. three bazillion different experiences and they're, this one is very emotionally charged. And so right. I just wanted to reiterate that. Um, and if there's, you know, th things come up in women's heart, bring those to the Lord, bring your family experience to the Lord of whatever you want to talk with the Lord about through this, seek the, the guidance and wisdom of people in your life um, it, in regards to this topic. Um, like there's, there's, you can't say too much about talking with the Lord about this whole topic because we are not given that doctrine, that dogma about what we right. should be doing or what is, you know, the outline for the whole thing. Right. Yep. The Lord, your man mm -hmm. and mentors. There you go. Yep. <laughs> well, thank Amen. you, Emily. You can find um, all of Emily's links and everything in the show notes along with um, God's brave boy, all the details about that. So thank you so much, Emily. And we will, I'm sure talk soon. Yeah, Thanks for having me again. Of thank course. You so much. We Bye. appreciate it. Thank you. Um, okay. Before we jump into a couple of voicemails, cause this will be our first round of voicemails for season two. Uh, we're gonna talk about house of Joppa real quick. Um, Cece put a post up when she came out for Carrie's baptism about like things you do as a godparent, yada, yada, yada. And House of Joppa has these really cute illustrated sacrament cards. So like you couldn't go into Target in the card section and find like a Holy Communion card. Maybe you could, I don't know. But these ones are like really beautifully illustrated for like matrimony, Holy Eucharist, baptism cards, anything you can imagine. And you can use code HEC15 for 15% off at House of Joppa, anything on their website. These cards are just something that stuck out to me this week. So check them out in our show notes. 
House of Jappa, House of Jappa. Finally, I'm saying it right. <laughs> you are. You just keep saying it. You're like, I got it. I got it down. <laughs> I know. Okay. Okay. So this, we have three voicemails. Let's see if we'll get to them. Um, this first one is the pee bomb. Hey, ladies. I just wanted to share um, a moment where I just felt super Catholic yesterday. So I got my first pee bomb from a boy. And if you don't automatically know what that means, basically, I was seeing this boy in fall, and it was going really great. He took me on a few dates. Uh, he had joined my church, you know, a few months beforehand. And unfortunately, he was going through this breakup. You know, he had broken up with his girlfriend um, maybe half a year, a little over half a year earlier. And so he wasn't in the right place and he, you know, ended things. And I was obviously heartbroken because he's Catholic and hot and whatever. And so we didn't see each other for a few months. And um, we started reconnecting a little more because we're basically involved in everything together and, you know, would go to daily mass and have mutual friends. And it's basically like we have to be friends or we have to drop out of something, change churches or something. So we've been hanging out and people have been like, Oh, you know, everybody sees us as a couple besides, you know, him. And so yesterday we were hiking with a group of friends and he drove me home last and we're alone in the car and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we're talking about our weeks and uh, whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe, maybe something's going to happen, whatever. And he tells me that he's going to a dinner for people who are discerning the priesthood. And he has told me in the past, a lot of people have said, you should be a priest, you should be a priest, just because he's so holy and amazing. And he's told them, I really, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to be father, whatever. And I told him, I asked him, like, do you think you're, like, do you think you can go into this being really open? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so something's really not going on right now. So, yeah, just wanted to share that very Catholic moment. Um, if you guys want to you know, intercede for us. I love St. Anne and I pray for St. Joseph to him. So we'll see if uh, I'll keep you updated if he becomes a priest or we end up getting married or I don't know. But yeah, love your podcast. Bye gals. If he becomes a priest or we get married. <laughs> I love that it's got a pee mom. I've never heard that in my life. Me neither. I'm like, I'm into this. This is my new chalice chipper pee bomb. Like what are we... <laughs> Hunk from heaven. Hunk. <laughs> I'm here for it. You know what's really funny about that is the priest that married us um, was dating this uh, non-denominational girl, and he told her one day over Chick-fil-A lunch that he was going to join the priesthood, and she was like, "Oh my goodness, that's amazing!" So excited, thinking she was going to be a pastor's wife. Then he said, "No, Catholic priests can't be married," and she was like, "Wait, so what are you saying?" And he was like, "We're breaking up." Poor girl. She'll I never thought- see Chick-fil-A the same. <laughs> Chick-fil-A lunch. But yeah, he's a great priest now. So he he definitely did what God what God was calling him to. But Father yeah. Mike, right? Father Mike uh Father Mike Schmitz. Oh my gosh, no. Father Mike, yes. Father Mike Metz. Yeah, he's he has a dog- podcast called yeah. Three Dogs North. Three mm-hmm. Dogs North. And I actually listen to it all the time because it's literally just rambling like us, but it's three priests that are growing <laughs> out. It's awesome. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Okay. So here's another seminary story. Hi, Megan. Hi, Cecilia. It's Hannah. 
Um, I just have kind of a follow-up heck yes for you guys, major heck yes. So I, um, a long while back, was driving back to campus, and I listened to one of your podcast episodes where someone had had a really big crush on their guy best friend, but he didn't share the same feelings, so she decided to say a 54 day novena for him and then wrote a letter expressing how she felt. And as chance would have it, I had just written a letter to the guy that I had a major crush on, but he <laughs> um, had his heart set on the seminary. And so I was just trying to navigate friendship with him. So I said, she can do that, I can do it. So I said a 54-day novena for him. Um, and during that time, a few crazy things happened. <laughs> First off, uh, about halfway through, I completely just flat out forgot what my original intention was. And so instead of praying, like, to get over him, I just started to pray for him. And then on the Feast of St. Joseph, I believe, um, he decided to stay for two more years instead of going to seminary at the end of this year. And then um, we were on a drive one night, um, and I totally didn't think that he liked me. Like, I had lost all hope in this endeavor. Um, and we were looking at the stars, and he just turns to me, he's like, I have tried to go to the seminary multiple times, it keeps not working out, and I like you a ton, so will you be my girlfriend? This completely came out of the blue, because you have to understand, like, this is the furthest thing from my mind at this point, I was like, great, he's staying, we're going to be great friends <laughs> for two years, um. But I had 13 days left of the novena, and so I was ecstatic, but also like, whoa, this is a lot. So I told him, you have to wait 13 days to hear my decision, and today marks 13 days later, um, but it just so happens that two nights ago, I was saying the novena and fell asleep and finished it, and so um, as chance would have it, we actually started dating um, two days ago on, I think it was August 24th. So, yeah, the power of prayer is amazing. <laughs> and I'm still in disbelief, obviously God's will, but this is, I don't know, you know, a cool story. So, God bless. Bye. The amount of giggles she had. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> so oh, she had no idea. I know. I don't. I, I just think it's really cute that she was giggling the whole time. It made me think of like a sleepover, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm so happy for you." I know. The stars. You know when it's like when every some when the saying of like when someone's born, someone dies, or when someone dies, someone's yeah. born. It's like when someone leaves seminary, someone enters. When someone enters, someone leaves. <laughs> some some girls heartbreak, and then another girl gets yeah. a guy. <laughs> yeah, another like, girl gets a holy husband. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. That's. I mean so cute i love that she shared that i did too call us back when he uh, proposes there's hope there's hope <laughs> we're, yeah i just love that she shared that so anyways we're always here to encourage you or be a listening ear to when a man leaves you for god or when a man comes back because he decided that he wants marriage so <laughs> <laughs> we're honestly so here for those and here for your heck yes and heck no's too like very specific ones, like Tito's frozen strawberry lemonade from Top Golf. Oh yeah, specific we love ones. specifics. Yeah. We love yeah. it.
Next week, Megan and I are talking all about modesty and style and guidelines for shopping that we personally use. So tune in and call us with all your thoughts at 312-775-2615. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks a ton for listening to the What in the Dang Heck podcast. Make sure you call our hotline, subscribe, leave a rate and review, and might as well follow us on Instagram while you're at it.